Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Did you guys notice that we're all wearing black tees today? Oh, I'm dark. It's dark blue, but it's go tea. Looking at this now, I'm like, oh man, this is an old t-shirt. It's all stretched out. I know my neck's a little loose. I got it's. I'm looking looking shabby, dude. Shabby, Although my mustache dude. is back and it feels so so good. <laughs> Took down the rest of the facial hair. I let it go for like a week. I shaved the other day. It doesn't turn into facial hair. It just progressively gets more and more like looking like you need to shave. <laughs> <laughs> it never crosses the threshold. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He somehow needs to shave and has no facial hair. I don't understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy needs to shave. Are you saying he's got a beard? No, I'm not no, saying he's, he's got a beard. He looks clean shaven. I just, he needs to shave. All right, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains. That are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people Dundamip, then the people purses paper people Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of the office by fans of the office. I'm your host and the proud owner of nine and three quarters horses, Sean Roney. I'm Edwin James, head accountant. <laughs> and with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Lice? Oh my God. Lock the doors, we're on full quarantine. Of all of the vermin in God's great green kingdom, lice are the ones I detest the most. My first day of school, I had lice and no one would play with me. For 15 years, they called me freak and four eyes and sci-fi nerd and girl puncher, all because I had lice when I was- Girl seven. puncher. <laughs> he, when he first says, what, lice? He just tosses a full cup of coffee just out of the side of the frame. <laughs> that part of the office must be so stained with coffee. He knocks, from when he knocks Stanley's mug out, it's the same spot he throws this mug. How many, how many times have they had to change the carpet on that set? With the, yeah. the, you know, them yeah, then ripping Oscar it up. comes in and cuts it up. And mm -hmm. Todd Packer, doing what that, what? Him spilling the coffee, uh, spilling Stanley's coffee, spilling yeah. the coffee when he's drinking uh, <laughs> when with, Dwight, uh, with his feet. When Dwight owns the building and works there and he spills coffee, who has to pay for the coffee replacement or the, the carpet replacement? Is it Dunder Mifflin pays Dwight or does Dwight as the owner, as the landlord replace they do, it? They, they do did. have a janitorial staff. I mean, yeah, Dwight makes Nate pay for it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Nate works overtime for it. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody... reapply the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> reapply it. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week, Another mailbag. Thank Mail you, bag. everybody, so much. Thanks to all our listeners for sending us questions. You can send them to us on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the email. We're, we're all over the place, and we've collected some of our favorites to discuss today. First off, from Instagram, we got a message from Abhinav. Abhinav writes, who would you rather meet, 
a young Michael Scott from the Ed Truck handshake picture, or young Dwight Schrute from the picture with young Jim? I love this question because it gives us two really specific points of reference. Uh, yeah, I like that. Help visualize, yeah. It's not just young Michael or just young Dwight. It's like, you know, from the day that they took that photograph. Right. And us knowing who they become. Yeah. Right. I think my first instinct was to go to young Dwight. Same. <laughs> and I think it's because I don't even the, think it's close. <laughs> well, I think his upbringing would have been very strong in him. <laughs> uh, the farm life. And then what we see in early seasons from Dwight is a sort of wide eyed, um, not gullible is the wrong word, but he's so willing to believe in werewolves and Jim's telepathy and anything Michael says that there's I'll like take a the wizard enthusiasm, I guess we'd call it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I would also think that uh, Michael Scott is just a Todd Packer crony at the time that he's taking the picture with Ed Truck. He's probably just like this kind of, he's like, um, he's like Kevin with Todd Packer, you know, just like snickering in the corner mm -hmm. while he makes all these terrible jokes. So I don't, he might not be that interesting to know at that time. I mean, Michael, Michael as an adult, just trying to get people to like him all the time would be really hard to be around, <laughs> but it'd be even worse when he was younger. Right. I mean, we know that he didn't have friends. He wore suits to school. He was that kid. <laughs> and a perm. And a, yeah. By the uh, end, the lunch lady was his best friend. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so I think young Dwight is a vastly more interesting. It gets vastly more complicated. <laughs> I am curious to know from the Ed Truck picture, what is in Michael's fanny pack? Oh. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm imagining what? his Rolodex cards. Yeah. That Dwight later references. Right. On his sales calls, he can reach into the fanny pack and pull out his Rolodex card. Yeah. Condoms. <laughs> but they're, Todd, they're Todd Packers. He just yeah. he has Michael store them for him. <laughs> he gave them to him on his first day. On the I job. love that not. <laughs> Michael is wearing the shirt sleeves, like the short sleeve dress shirt in that picture, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think Dwight picks it up from that picture? Oh. Ooh. Possibly. I don't know. I can't even go near a cigarette now without thinking of a penis <laughs> and vice versa. That is a good point because he wears the long sleeve, like, Hen, you know, Henley shirts on the farm. I'm thinking when Dwight also yeah, says, he does, he does. less matching to appear more powerful or more wealthy. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's got to be young Dwight. I mean, as young Dwight, we're in interests, Like, yeah, you're going to have a lot more fun with him. You could go, go, go smoke his hemp plants on his farm. <laughs> um, that is a that was a really fun question. We're all in agreement. Young Dwight, thank you, Abhinav. It would yeah. be the the precursor to Young Sheldon, <laughs> the original spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, an old Michael Scott, like finale Michael Scott uh, or Michael Young Dwight? <laughs> no. Voiced voiced by uh, Stanley Michael yeah. Scott. <laughs> uh, um, uh, thank you again, Abhinav. Uh, Let's move on to a voicemail got from Brandon. Hey guys, this is Brandon from Chino in Southern California. I was just wondering, I'm watching season three, uh, The Job, and I was wondering what you guys thought as uh, how the show would have gone if 
different people were to get that corporate job. So how would the show would have gone if Karen had gotten the job or Michael had gotten the job or even Jim? I wonder what you guys think, how the show would have turned out or what events would have transpired, especially as Dwight as manager so early. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to, to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I uh, love the show. Here, listen to you guys every single day. I can. You guys release awesome. the episode. Uh, thanks. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Brandon. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for listening. Um, that's a such a great question. Oh man. So like a few things to break down here, right? Because if if Michael gets the job, Dwight is the manager of Dunner Mifflin Scranton. Congratulations, AWAC. Don't screw the pooch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's in that scenario. That seems like the biggest shift from the show. That's a then huge gone. shake up. Yeah, it's like huge that doesn't shake-up. work. And the I, and the possibility of that one seems very low. It also <laughs> seems like the one that they would have to uh, address or change the, in the most short term. So that would be really funny for about like the first six episodes of the season. Right. Um, and you'd get a lot more Michael and David Wallace, a lot more yeah. of Michael and I guess Hunter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, and then uh, Dwight yeah. would do something similar to shooting the gun in the office or whatever that moment would be. Yeah, uh, just the to, new Ryan. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think they, the show would have to fix it or correct itself uh, to Michael being manager pretty quickly. Do we, are we assuming that much like in how the show actually happens that whoever gets this job, we're going to have them, they get it through season four and then it's back to normal? Because that's essentially sure. what happens, right? Yeah, I think as I was thinking through this, generally, yes. I think overall it would follow a similar shape. I think mm-hmm. Karen Filippelli is the one that strikes me as having the most long-term potential in that you could keep that dynamic going for quite a while. Because, um, right. because also you got to consider that you want to get Jim back to the office so that you can keep working on Jim and Pam. So you I, could have Karen Filippelli. And what, how interesting would that be? She's managing Michael and Jim is still working there and they've probably broken up because – he broke up after the hit his interview or he didn't interview. Did he not go to his interview? I can't remember. He does go to the interview. Remember he has the, the, the Dundee or the the office Olympic medal from Pam. Not see, the that's, Dundee. see, that's why I was thinking that maybe he doesn't go to that interview. Cause I kind of feel like in the end, like maybe he doesn't really like fight for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Cause he starts to think about Pam. He gets that um, note. Don't forget about us. Right. When you're famous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, Karen, I wonder what Karen would do to kind of get back at Jim in some sort of small, subtle way, similar to the way that Ryan does when he calls him in and gives him that performance review. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder right. if Karen had a little bit of that that she could do for Jim. Oh, dude, I was just rewatching today um, the uh, oh man when Stanley uh, is going to leave and they go to sabotage Utica. Mm-hmm. Which episode? What am I thinking of? Branch Wars. Thank Utica. You. Utica. <laughs> Um, well, that scene More where Karen... <laughs> I got my Branch Wars mustache on today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that scene where um, uh, uh, Karen is talking down to Jim, you'd, that would just be the dynamic for that mm. whole season, for Never. that entire season four. And it would be, that would weigh very heavily on Jim and Pam's development. Never has a man sunk so low into the thing <laughs> he's the, sitting in on. In the middle of a couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jim, Why, uh, hold said that all the wrong Why? things in her office and in the car when he's trying to hide from her. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he's just times. so so although that, that would be an interesting dynamic of yeah of, of having karen come back regularly or as much as we see jan say in season two you or know as, as much as we see jan we'd see karen and ryan's a be, big part of season four with his dunder mifflinfinity and all that stuff it would be really funny if say karen gets the job and if ryan became like obsessed with karen like totally fell in love with Karen. And then like every time Karen came to Scranton, Ryan would make these huge gestures trying to be like, you know, you should be with yeah. me. Like take yeah. me to New York, please take me to New York and away from Kelly. Kelly can you? It would never, never, never happen. So that could be a funny dynamic, but yeah, it's oh, like season four changes completely because I'm guessing the Dunder Mifflin infinity arc maybe isn't there depending on who's doing it. I mean, hmm. You know, like, I feel like if Rashida Jones gets that role, they'd still have her show up from time to time. But if she was doing Parks and Rec, then it's hard, hard to do that, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. I don't know. She is unlikely to, one, fall in love with Michael like Jan does. Mm-hmm. And two, not as likely to sort of shoot herself in the foot, commit corporate fraud like Ryan does. <laughs> uh, do, you think if, do you think if we were, say, if we were dealing with season seven, season eight, Daryl, that he would have gotten that job? Hmm. It's I just possible. Think it could have been cool to have Daryl in that job. He does too. it, but he can't. He can't even write a resume. That's what I'm. I'm saying if you, you know took what I mean? like if you took that stage, that piece of it out. Yeah, or if like if if he had proved himself by that point, you know, or uh, him going to business school at night, even right. with, or getting um, shoot, I'm trying to remember the the print and all colors initiative, not business school sure. at night. Business school at night is Ryan. Right. Print and all colors is Daryl. Daryl's a terrible. Daryl. Daryl's a terrible interviewer, though. Even when he does athlete in season nine. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about printing all colors, so Daryl decides not to do it because he's only got a few years left for softball, right? Mm-hmm. What if he, on one hand, what if he does do it and becomes a corporate figure? That's one. The second one is what if Kelly, following her minority executive training program, printing all colors, goes into corporate. Oh, totally. Oh. She could totally fail on this. Oh. Totally. Wait, and has a role overseeing great. customer service across Kelly, the company. Some guy yeah, who Kelly runs the programs become... in love with her or something like that. <laughs> Dude, Kelly as Michael's boss would be so funny. That would be fascinating. That's another one that feels like just like a one cold opening and she loses it. Like, you know, it's just you get that you get that Creed, that great Bratton cold open. And then yeah. she spends like her whole signing bonus on like just closed or something. And just, yeah, convertible. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't realize the be... company credit card is for company stuff. And so she just starts buying <laughs> tons of stuff with it. So so there's one more thing to discuss here. And I guess that's if Jim gets the job, right? Is that is that something that you'd like to see? Mm. Because now what we've got is you've probably got Michael being um, a little bit hostile towards Jim's, like, being the boss now. But you get another he... season of Jim Pam tension. Well, tension? Because he could still date her? Because those are, those he, are good question marks you're using right well, now. Well, because, because <laughs> they draw it out though. Like. Because, because he leaves that interview, goes back to Scranton and asks Pam out on a date, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next day he gets the call, you get the job. Oh crap. Like, is he allowed to date somebody who's the receptionist at a small branch? Like, is that a, is that a, conflict of interest so technically he doesn't in this scenario he doesn't withdraw from consideration which is what he says he did sure yeah yeah because then michael says oh yeah me too right 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 if we're if we're 
considering like yeah yeah mm. if you want to just everybody who was up for the drop if you want to consider um so okay which which of these would you have liked to have seen the most M michael becoming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but maybe of michael uh karen and jim i think to think about one more possibility around jim is if they they move the art school arc up and they have pam go to art school while Jim oh. is in corporate. Uh, and then the one issue with Jim going to corporate so early is that it goes, it flies in the face of this dynamic where he chooses Pam over this career advancement. Right. Um, and has to figure out other ways to try to do that later on in the show. Right. Um, but I wonder if that could have been possible. But to answer your question, the one that I would have liked to see the most uh, for what the, it is Karen. Mm. Yeah. I think out of so. those three, I think that's the right choice. I think it would have made for the best season four out of all. It would have made for a very steady season. Yes, lots of possibilities, lots of ways to go. Lots of fun seeing Karen try to control Michael Scott. That would be that There would might be, be another element of Jim and Pam trying to hide their romance from Karen. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of in Fun Run, season four, episode one, uh, <laughs> where um, let's say Karen, as the new corporate figure, comes down to oversee this this uh, event that Michael has put together, and Jim and Pam continually have to hide their romance mm. from Karen as well. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's a lot of potential for and for comedy with Karen Philippelli, that job. So anyways, Brandon, that's yeah, a that's fantastic cool. question, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Once Karen becomes uh, Michael's boss, eventually they will start to date and that would be interesting, right? <laughs> oh God. Pops <laughs> in on a show like a dying star. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I will see you up there in Viagra Falls. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks yes, again, fantastic Brandon. Fantastic question. Thank you. It's really, really great question, man. All right, moving on. We got a question from Graham on Instagram. I have one theory. I think Creed is trying to catch the Loch Ness monster. My evidence. In gossip, Creed denies the fact that he has asthma and he won't be able to scuba if people find out. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what am I working towards? Um, in the seminar, Creed describes what the Loch Ness Monster looks like and the reward for catching it. When um, Andy's running that uh, seminar to try and, mm -hmm. you know, fish for Get new clients yeah mm -hmm. is that a little uh, bird yeah i'm getting some birdie some birdie chirping oh yeah that is me that's me do you hear nice. do you want yeah, no, should i, I like close it. my window <laughs> okay nice. uh um so he says let me know if you guys agree or disagree with my theory again love the pod thank you very much graham that's a great question and i've heard i have heard this theory before have you guys heard this theory before oh yeah Sure. I, think I it's don't out know there. if I have, but I think it's out there. See, this is one of those things where doing this show, and now I just talk to people so much about the office outside of the show, where I'm like, did we talk about this or not? Like, I know somebody's was telling me about it. Um, I, I think absolutely, and I hope that the writers were thinking about. I mean, I, okay, the scuba joke comes before the Loch Ness monster joke. Correct. When the writers wrote the scuba joke, the joke kind of is like. Yeah, what the hell is Creed up to? It's like the, it's like the, it's then the I'll chairs. have, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. then I'll have two chairs, only one to go. What's he up to? Like, what is, how does that have to do with catching the Loch Ness Monster? 
Um, <laughs> Creed's, Creed's there to just have those fun jokes. They're just mm-hmm. in there. They don't have a lot of ramifications. They can just, it, it's a character where once you look at, you're like, ah, they wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say that. Creed might. Let's give it to Creed. Yeah. So, you know, whether I, or not he's, how far you want to go into that theory, I'll go as far as you want to go. But I do like the, the idea, bottom of the lake. Yeah. I, I don't know if, I don't know if the writers have to justify certain jokes like that to yeah. each other totally. like do they have to like but i could easily see someone being like well he's cer- he's he thinks that he's gonna find treasure he's trying to find buried treasure or something sure. like that and it'd be like oh yeah totally that makes perfect sense that's his long-term <laughs> like plan yeah. and think- and that he'd be going for the lock Ness monster that also fits so I, I i think yeah i mean i guess i agree yeah sure i mean and, you know creed's printing fake licenses out of his trunk he's you know who knows what he's doing down at the quarry there's all sorts of mysteries around him and one of them is i mean he is he is the loch ness monster of the show he's a total mystery we've seen him mm-hmm. we don't know what he's about we don't know how old he is where he came from where he's going that's that's creed you know it is funny creed talks about being in an iron lung iron lung as a child oh yeah or is that phyllis oh man i don't want to get that wrong uh... um yeah, it was Creed. When I was a teenager, okay, I was in an iron lung. Okay, thank God. <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, I love to think that old Creed has ties to, Scot- like, ancestral ties to Scotland in some sort of way. Uh, and this feels Great like Bratton. a couple of breadcrumbs that never got put together all the way. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. If that makes sense. So they, maybe they set it up. Maybe they talked about it. Wouldn't it be funny if, but it never came to bear. Yeah, for sure. According but, to uh, according to Ancestry.com, uh, Bratton is a Scottish and Northern Irish uh, name. So mm. regionally, it's it's correct. Um, they also have a heat map of where the most Britain last or uh, Bratton last names are in the U.S. and Pennsylvania is one of the highest. Interesting. So here mm. we are. That's that's some good research on there. And Thanks, only guys. one to go. Top male occup- uh, occupation with the name Bratton in 1940 was farmer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you have it. And thank you so much, Graham, for sending in that question. Love that Loch Ness Monster Creed theory. Um, moving on, we have another fan theory. Um, this one sent to us by Danielle on Instagram, but it is a post on Reddit by Cannibal, K-A-N-N-A-B-U-L-L. Andy Bernard, <laughs> Andy, Andy Bernard has disassociative identity disorder and has the most evidence of being the Scranton Strangler. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have talked before on this show about fan theories. We have talked about Toby Flenderson possibly being the Scranton Strangler. That's a very popular fan theory. And that is even one that NBC has kind of embraced because they have a YouTube video on their Mm -hmm. channel kind of explaining the theory and kind of like showing all the evidence of it. I mean, obviously he's very close to the Scranton Strangler in the later seasons, but there's even kind of more little hints that he might be um, the Strangler. Now this post is like crazy long. But I'll give you a couple of interesting highlights, okay? Because the other thing is that we've talked on this show about Andy Bernard and how his kind of like persona changes throughout the show. So this is a this is an interesting idea. Now, in the words of Michael Scott, give it to me in a way that a five year old will understand. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm gonna give you bullet points, 
And I'm happy to like post the link on Facebook maybe on Wednesday so that you can read it because it must be like a dozen pages long or something like that for like episodic evidence of this thing. Quick question. I have a quick question before you begin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is, you said disassociative identity disorder? Yeah, and it is real. It's, so multiple, is, that, is that what he has in my favorite James McAvoy film, Split? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it's the new term for multiple uh, personality disorder. And no, right. you know, we want to be sensitive to, to mental illness and stuff like that. You know, I, I, you know no, we're, we're just... It's an interesting idea, and especially the way that they consider the, you know, the way that uh, Andy's behavior changes throughout the show, I think is interesting to think about. And then there's also an aspect of disassociative identity disorder where there's like memory loss. And there's a, okay, so here, I'll get it. If you're coming to our show for nuanced mental health discussions. Please. Sorry. Uh -uh. uh, We apologize in advance. Um, So, uh, but okay, so Andy, this is the basis of this argument. Mm -hmm. Andy has four personas. Andy, Andrew, Drew, and the Nard Dog. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So Andy is the dominant personality. He's naive, friendly, talented, charming, gets along well with everyone. Andrew is angry, spiteful, self-deprecating, pathological liar, manipulative, the kind of guy you really don't want to make an attempt to get to know. This is the Scranton Strangler personality, is the idea. Drew is a bit of a nerd, extremely talented, specifically in singing and other things, Mm -hmm. smooth talker, level-headed, and wants people to like him, and the kind of socialite who brags about being an Ivy League um, uh, uh, graduate. Drew is especially dominant in, like, mid-season four when he's dating Angela, and he's, like, kind of trying to get into the um, Finer Finer Things Club and things like that, you know? Nard Dog seems to be completely lacking of any notion of self-awareness, including (laughs) of his sexuality. He likes to party. (laughs) He has zero accountability and overlooks other people's emotions when his own are at risk. So the Nard Dog tore his scrotum. (laughs) Yes, most certainly. That was the Nard Dog. So, dude, okay. So, anyways, what do you guys think about that? Just, I mean, off the bat, I I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Because, like, Drew is what he wants to be called when he comes back from anger management. It's Drew now. Right. Andrew's maybe what his dad calls him, Mm -hmm. like, which is the personality that's kind of, like, psychopathic and all that stuff. It's very interesting to kind of break out or divide or compartmentalize the different sort of shades of Andy that we see because the transition from the character that he is in season three to the end of season nine is so significant and you can attribute some of that to anger management but it still doesn't speak to the vast amount of character change that occurs over the what six and a half seasons mm-hmm. um so I, I i think it's interesting the way that this has sort of broken that out it's yeah. fun to believe that all these things exist within him when we meet him and we kind of get to see it play out sorry the nard dog like all of us contains multitudes <laughs> It is funny, just when you brought that up, I was trying to think of any, like, outside of Michael, who's just an entire spectrum on him, on his own, of just, like, who else on the show do we see these distinct, different personalities come and go? Because, like you said, the Andy in season three, 
who punches through a wall is using a totally different rationale than yeah he's very different because you, you've mentioned this edwin too when he's like when he does this scene in stamford of like i'm acting my heart out here you know when he's trying to get jim to stand up to switch his chair yeah and it's just like <laughs> terrible job he has zero sense of a performance and like how to do that in a way that wouldn't be suspect uh, suspicious yeah and then contrast it with like in andy's play and we see him singing and we see him actually performing and he's really good and it's like you didn't get good at that in the last three four seasons so it's like right who is that person versus and sure. he definitely comes in as nard dog as like more of a cornell frat guy this 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 thing goes on and on and on and and you can dig so deep into it it's very interesting how much work this guy put it this person put into yeah. writing this my mom but, is already a little disappointed that i do this show so i can't imagine <laughs> if i was writing if i was writing conspiracy that theories like going oh, dude. Deep on but here's what okay i just wanted to bring up this one point because i think it's funny and it's interesting mm -hmm. andy killed angela's cat not dwight and due to the nature of repressed memories and disassociative identity disorder, it is why he can't remember the words Kit Kat bar from the Kit Kat jingle. Wow. <laughs> but but he replaces it with Fancy Feast. <laughs> see? See? Right? Now, see? He doesn't mind just like, I stole it. When he steals yeah. the ice sculpture, <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, that's, dude. All every everything that you could imagine is in this like breakdown of of how this works. So, anyways, uh, two more things. I try to say goodbye and I choke by Macy Gray. Hmm, choke Scranton Strangler. <laughs> Closet full of me's. Closet full of me's. Person disassociative identity disorder. Anyways, this is hilarious i tried to read all of it i did not read all of it it is crazy we'll post the link if if that's the kind of thing that you might be into um but uh but thank you danielle for forwarding that to us because i think it's from a few the post is from a few years ago so thank you a lot of andrew in season nine that's what i'm talking well, actually, about actually yeah. season nine we get everything clashing and they all become this cocktail called baby wawa which is what where he ends up <laughs> that's the fifth personality that's a little bit of all of them at once baby <laughs> i'm interested in which persona wears the most pastels <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah i don't think he's a snappy dresser it's like every day he's <laughs> i'm gonna go with the pistachio pants today <laughs> all right we have uh we have uh, uh, a voicemail from ian yes we do hey guys it's ian from indiana again um been loving the podcast recently, listened to every single episode, just like always. Um, I had a question for you guys. So I've noticed on a couple of the recent episodes that um, Edwin has been talking about uh, some of your guys' least favorite parts, you know, season eight, season nine, Robert California. Um, like the more he's watched it or the more he's kind of come back to it, he's enjoyed it more. And um, I kind of totally agree. Like I've been watching... My man. These episodes since <laughs> I was in fifth grade. I've watched them for years, 20 times or more. And I, I totally noticed the same thing where a lot of this stuff I didn't like at first. The more I come back to it, the more it becomes some of my p favorite parts, especially the character of like Natalie, who I really, really hated the first time I saw her. She's become one of my favorites and part of the funniest parts of the show. Um, so I'm just wondering why you guys think that is like more exposure is leading to like enjoying it more. 
is this something that you guys think is specific for the office or like have you noticed this in other shows i just want to hear your guys general take um thanks so much for the podcast i love what you guys are doing please keep doing it um part of the best parts of my days when you know we're stuck inside like this and uh just thanks for everything you guys do that's amazing. Dude, thank you. Man. Thank you. Ian. Yeah. Appreciate Dude, it. Thank you so much, man. You know, um, everyone Edwin, says like, keep doing what you're doing. Like they know that we're not making money and we might. Stop this. <laughs> like, I feel Be like very easy. Everyone <laughs> in their message is like, please keep doing it. <laughs> oh, we, we have fun with it. So, Hey, Edwin, that question was kind of directed at you. So you, I'll, you should respond first. I mean, I, I agree that there is there is something to the effect of when you watch it more, you spend more time with it, you maybe the jokes hit a little differently, or maybe you notice things you haven't before. I certainly find that with the later seasons. Um, I think the tone is so different as the show changes and Michael exits, and Robert California sort of comes in to fill that vacuum, and his presence is so domineering uh, in season eight. But I do think that when you do spend more time with those episodes, you do come back to them. I think they're so different from what The Office had been, uh, even though it's the same characters in the same physical location, that's really jarring as a viewer the first time. And it's very easy to be turned off by a show changing so drastically, especially if it's a show that you love, uh, like yeah. I think we all do. Um, but it definitely changes the balance of the show where it's a little bit more equal in terms of, I think, screen time and storyline. Um, the other characters in the ensemble get a little bit more of a voice. They have a little more bearing. There are multiple storylines going on in these different episodes. Um, and the tone is different. The cinematography is a little brighter. The jokes are a little more comedically broad. The, the lice quote that you played at the very beginning, Alex, is like a perfect example of this, mm -hmm. uh, of a Dwight in a talking head. I feel like you wouldn't get that from Dwight in a talking head in maybe season three. Yeah. Yeah. Or the no. jokes, the, the tone wouldn't have been exactly the same. Girl <laughs> Puncher just really made Girl Puncher is so silly. The, the thing in, uh, yeah, in, in the Lice episode where Dwight wears the hazmat suit and he drops the little grenade with a bug bomb in his office and then in his car, it's very broad, but it really makes me laugh every time I watch it. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it's such an immediate, like, it's yeah. so funny. I'm going to count down from 10. Three, <laughs> purple. <laughs> really good what do you guys think i i think um ian asked if if you've noticed this with other things and i i absolutely have mainly with music i feel like more than anything where there's some music maybe the first time i hear it it's it's too dense or it's too i just i wasn't in the right place or the right mindset or something and the more i return to it the better and better it gets which to me is a hallmark of great art and great creativity is you can keep returning to it to it and it keeps offering you things every time you come back um like i you know i'm, I'm a, i love animal collective that band and they're not for everyone but there's something that like their music is so dense in a way that i at first i was just like what is this what is this music yeah, and the yeah. more i return to it it gets better and better and better and better to right. now I'm what are like, these seasons? i love it right yeah. <laughs> and with season eight and nine it's like it's not an accident i think that the actors they bring in be it james spader or Catherine tate are extremely good at what they do and so like nelly is nelly's this weird all of this this flavor in the show that kind of comes out of nowhere and you're like she's just like completely injected herself into the show it's like well sh she didn't like that's how the writers that's what they decided to do and they brought in Catherine tate and as time goes on and you know that she's coming and you know that she's going to be there for a while 
I just we just get to enjoy her performance and she yeah. gets funnier and funnier every time I see it. Same with James Spader. I was like, I wish we'd yeah. had a lot more of James Spader. Mm. Um as opposed to say, like uh like reality TV is like candy, you know, like the first time you watch a season of The Bachelor or Love is Blind or whatever, it's like, oh, right. this is crazy and entertaining and it's so good. But if I went back and watched it, I would just be like, I can't handle this. This is so even, bad. Uh, dude, I would even say like, I mean, reality TV, is a, it could be an easy target for that. But even like a lot of drama out there, it's like, do you really want to go back and rewatch, sure. you know, like, I don't know. The comedy is so surface. And then as you rewatch, you start to find all these subtle things that they're trying to say um you know that stories that they're telling you yeah it's like friends you've had a long time or it can make you laugh harder because they just know you just have you don't have to say as much stuff it's just funnier yeah and that get that's the way with the office i feel that way when you talk about uh having that same sort of phenomenon with different things i feel that way about the simpsons and granted i watched Mm -hmm. this was a ton when i was growing up so maybe it's a little bit different and i watched a lot of reruns and really out of order, but I feel such a such an affection for the first, the beginning of the show and the of the Simpsons up to about season nine, where the tone changes and it gets a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little more broad. I, I keep saying that, but I think, but I still really love Simpsons seasons like nine through fifteen, sixteen. It's a different show, frankly, and it's it's an even more different show now because they're still on the air. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not as familiar with some of the more recent seasons, but. Um, when you talk about segmenting like that seasons like three through nine for the Simpsons for me is something that, you know, I really love personally, but then seasons, I guess, nine through 15 are something that I love, but it's just it's different. I see it differently. I appreciate it. Differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's not the purest form. I think that I totally agree with the end, like, and, and you guys that the more that I watch eight and nine, it's like. Eight more than for, nine, eight more than nine, eight more than, well, I just think that rewatching it, I'm always like, wow, I wasn't ever paying attention to this part because mm-hmm. I didn't like it as I didn't like it as much. And so I zoned out or I missed a joke or something like that, or I forgot because it's so dense. Um, but what what this question makes me think about is, is this why eight and nine are the way that they are? Because the writers are so used to the show and so used to the characters. I mean, it's like mm. you we're saying that we get used to eight and nine after several re- rewatches. Well, they did several read throughs and rewrites and, mm-hmm. and, you know, watch them film it and watch them edit it. And like, you know, are people like Greg Daniels and stuff like that? Are they just kind of like, no, let's like, you know, let's do some, let's get crazier. Let's get more experimental. We have rules. We have a universe that works. Like let's explore it, you know? That's what this question made me think of. And uh, anyways, I, uh, yeah, I, I, remember I agree. In season eight, it's for sure like that one that's really pushed and stretched and is different. Uh, where Paul Lieberstein is showrunner and um, that isn't placing any sort of value on his choices or direction as showrunner. But I remember when season nine came back, I think Greg Daniels returned as showrunner for season nine. And I remember reading a quote from him around the time The Office was about to come back for that final season, saying that it was going to sort of reset maybe return to form a little bit, try to get a little bit closer to the physical location of Scranton, PA. And it does to a large extent. Um, 
Totally. But it's funny when we were talking about uh, the potential outcomes for the job, and I was saying that Karen might be one of my favorite ones because it seemed like it set up a long-term sort of stable environment. It's not really the environment for comedy or the environment that the office has chosen most of the time. It often chooses the most dramatic outcome, and that leads to the most extreme right. choices. Think about the Michael Scott Paper Company arc where he quits, and every, everything is right. it relies right. a little bit on that right. sort of inciting action. You'd rather have Ryan doing Coke in New York and inventing a website that everyone has to use and it going terribly wrong. That's way better of an arc than yeah. <laughs> a nice stable position and Karen just doing her job well in New York for sure. Mm. Well, uh, I think that wraps it up for our for our mailbag questions. Thank you so much, Ian, for sending in that voicemail, man. Really appreciate it. And really appreciate everyone sending us in questions. Absolutely. We collect them. We try to respond to them. And, uh, and we save them up for episodes like this. So please keep them coming in, especially now. Um, we'd like to do some more mailbag stuff um, in the future with all this extra free time. <laughs> Staying home. Um, but let's move on to a new segment called Movie Monday. This is just where we're going to talk about like extra watchable content um, related to The Office. So, curated like, by our very own Edwin James. Cu- curated by Edwin James. We we uh, del- we'll do deleted scenes. We'll do like extra little things that like. Um, promotional videos that they released during the time that the office was coming out those kind of like lost videos but anyways uh, edwin take it away hello and welcome to movie monday a show (laughs) (laughs) we got a podcast with a a show by fans of the office for fans of the office i'm your host and uh varsity blues quarterback edwin james Uh, on this first installment of Movie Monday, uh, part of the inspiration from this was someone who sent us a message. I am so sorry that I don't have your name right in front of me, um, but I'll get you later. Uh, recommending that we talk a little bit more about deleted scenes. And uh, he made a great point that deleted scenes add a lot to the show, and maybe it's hard to build a full episode around them, especially when not everyone has seen them. So um, part of my rewatching time has been watching deleted scenes, and um, particularly uh, one that I wanted to recommend to all of you is the deleted scenes for Woof.com which is season mm. seven, episode nice. nine. Uh, that is Hey Place. And of course, oh, Ryan's yeah, yeah. Uh, attempts to get everyone to invest in and then eventually selling off Woof.com. Excuse me, get off of there. Those are show bales, not play bales. <laughs> it go. is the source of a ton of great drops for our show. Uh, you get a lot <laughs> of extra Dwight as Hey King moments. Um, you get, I'm, I, I James, won't give you- <laughs> Pamela and P.P. Halpert. I won't give you a ton of quotes just because I want you to watch it, but. There's a quote where uh, Nate says to this woman that Dwight has brought in his Mother Earth or Mother Harvest. Mm. And Nate says to her, do you like dogs? I have like eight dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dwight says to the camera, hey, place romances never last. Um, <laughs> you also get in this, I thought this was very interesting just in terms of the overall scope of the show. We get Michael tagging in to do more counseling with Toby get going to Toby and getting more counseling. Um, And we get to see an incredible example of Michael logic where he gets, he starts at one place and he ends at one place that you would never expect. And then it ends with an incredible Toby slam. So (laughs) I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, It's only, you know, it's only a few minutes. So uh, that's the first of our movie Monday recommendations. Beautiful. Wolf.com deleted scenes. Go and check them out. It's on YouTube. It's on the YouTube.com. Uh, moving on to another new segment. This is Corona Corner. 
<laughs> I forgot what it was, actually. So I was exciting. Uh, welcome to Corona Corner. If you're listening to this in the future because you've discovered us, um, you know, now through our television show and our these merchandise, and you're listening back to this, this is this is happening during the coronavirus mm-hmm. sort of stay at home, um, self quarantine, self isolation. I put recordings of our show onto flash drives in bottles, and then I throw them <laughs> in the ocean. So if you found one of those, yes, right now our food supply is still stable. Yes. Uh, we're still year, functioning as a society. <laughs> it's April. The year is 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so None this is, houses are here anymore. <laughs> this is kind of a coronavirus check-in. So um, we uh, we did get a message from Becky. Um, she says, "I was wondering if any of you are working from home with your significant other right now. If you are, how are you enjoying working and living twenty-four-seven with your partners? I always wondered what it might be like to live that sort of life. Jim and Pam make it look pretty great." No major complaints for me and my husband, but I'll be happy when I can go back into the office again. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I, uh, and the subject for her email was like Jim and Pam's dream come true or something like that. But uh, th- uh, there's a few things here. First of all, like uh, working from home. I am not working from home. How are, how are you guys enjoying working from home? Is it go- how's it going? Uh, I'm working from home. It's it's okay. It's not ideal for sure. Um, it's wearing on me a little bit the last couple of weeks, just not being able to interact with people and literally being stuck in the house. Uh, it's tough, especially when you're on. It's it's a funny balance of wanting a little bit of Zoom calls where you get some human interaction, see some faces of people, you know, your your coworkers. Uh, but at the same time, like a day full of Zoom meetings is very exhausting. So um, trying to find the balance. But I'm glad or I'm grateful, you know, to be still be working, of course. And then it gives the days some structure and shape. Uh, that is much much needed. Hmm. It, it's a good point you made about Zoom calls all day is is exhausting because you wouldn't think so. It's like you're still at home doing whatever you do. But when you have meetings at the office or you're talking to people at the office, you, you don't have a camera pointed at you the entire time you're meeting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right. There's not these awkward pauses you have to be paying attention to and like finding the time to speak. So it's like it is a whole separate uh, amount of issues. But definitely. I, I'm I'm different because like I've said before in the show, I, I work from home anyways. So this right. hasn't actually interrupted my own schedule in life too much. Um my my partner, she is a, a nurse in the ER. So she's shout out. She's a yeah, big shout out to her. And so she's at the hospital. Um and, you know, and she she's working nurses shifts. So she's working basically twelve or eight hour shifts. Um and she's still at the hospital she's at, she's only been there, uh, you know, less than a couple of years, about a couple of years now. So she's still working a lot of nights. So it, it works for me. So I, 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 but I haven't had much experience working at home with a partner. Um, sure. But I know, I mean, Sean, I know you and you and Ryan aren't working, but you guys, well, you know, you've, you live together. And so you're, you're and two, not working together. And two things, I kind of have a Jim and Pam scenario. I mean, Ryan and I, are always working together you know like we both work in the film industry and both work portland's a small film film industry <clears throat> we usually work together on the same tv shows or same movies mm-hmm. so and then of course during this time we're not working we're not you know no one's making television productions or anything like that so um we're just kind of waiting it out um we did just get a kitten this week 
Oh, let's uh, see. Uh, let's we see adopted it. the kitten. Is it? Um, I will. I will. I'll have Ryan bring her in yeah. here. That'll get him her. on YouTube. Uh, that'll be on the video posted <laughs> on YouTube. Sorry, we didn't do that last week, but this week we'll be back. Well, we should and, still post. We're still going to post. We'll, we'll post week. last yeah. week too. Yeah. We will. We will. And um, and uh, is her so name that's Princess been work. <laughs> well, we joked about that too, man. Is we it were sprinkles? like, we, we want. We thought about Comstock actually. Mm. <laughs> Really considered that one. I was really fighting for garbage, but <laughs> garbage you know. is great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but actually, uh, raising a kitten during this time or like adopting a kitten during this time has been so f-ing perfect for moving all the furniture out of the living room and just sitting on the floor, the office running all day and night, nice. <laughs> like on a low volume yeah. so that, oh my gosh, today we were watching the episode where Dwight defeats the computer and Andy with the air horn, <laughs> oh, like, the, the kitten was freaking out. So, I bet. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's what it's been like. And thank you, Becky, for sending us, you know, that, that message and that, you know, uh, uh, I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys are having a great time. Uh, you and your husband. It, I think a, I think a lot of people aren't though. I mean, I wish we I had a little more griminess to share because I think it's probably a, a massive challenge for people. I know it's it's tough, man. It's I, tough. I saw something that said, uh, "Be sure to check in on your mom. Make sure she's doing well and send her flowers. She's stuck inside with your dad." <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, hell, hell yeah. Somebody send Becky some flowers. Um, <laughs> um, no, seriously, to, to everyone else out there, like, send us how you're doing, and, and uh, yeah, you can always check in with us. We'd, we'd love to hear about uh, what you're re-watching, too. I think we yeah. posted that on the Instagram the other day, just, like, you know, tell us what, mm-hmm. where you're at right now in the season. Or your um, office habits, and, like, what, mm-hmm. do you, what are you doing while the office is on now that, are you, are you like, working out at home while the office is going on? Or have, you, yeah. have you figured out a new routine based around just having yeah. the office on in your house? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any closing Corona Corner thoughts or any? I, you know, this question was a perfect sort of setup to kind of have this little moment, this little sort of corner to talk Definitely. about what we're going on, what's going on with us in between this time. Um, I thought it might be fun to just kind of have a recurring segment. We could talk about, you know, yeah. what's going on with our work lives and or just in general, or maybe what we're watching now. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously I've been watching a lot of the office de- deleted scenes. It's been kind of my new thing. Uh, yeah. I love the last dance. It's been mm-hmm. something I look forward to on Sundays. But yeah, the, the last, last dance. dance? Oh, it's oh yeah, so good. That's so good. Oh, it's you'd a... love it, Sean. It's all about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan, ninety-eight Bulls. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, I gotcha. I've been watching Dave on Hulu, and I've been watching. Um, mm. uh, I mean, Dude, yeah, it's been. Ann a and I, Ann and I are uh, got a lot of momentum going through Insecure right now, which I haven't seen before. Mm. It's oh, pretty okay. on HBO. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm for loving sure. It. I'm loving it. Um, but yeah, Less Dance has been the been the main thing, and also some uh, catching up on High Maintenance. This past season, the show I, I started love. watching um, Shit's Creek. It's pretty good. I like. Oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like Shit's yeah. Creek, and that's another. You know what? That's a great show. That's kind of like in the off, like the Office. It's kind of like a same. A, an ensemble cast mm-hmm. you kind of get the same little universe of their little town mm-hmm. um uh that's a really good show i love anything it. with great. eugene levy and Catherine o'hara together is fantastic. oh yeah yeah Can't legends there. they are legends mm-hmm. um, uh life update too just for me because yeah because i'll be so ann and i bought a house we're sort of moving into it and at this point, I think the upstairs room, or at least part of it, I'll be turning into a new workspace and studio. So we I'm may so have excited. a little more of a dedicated recording space for us, and we can put up 
uh, our decorations, the pillows. I got the Dundee here, mm -hmm. Sean's picture. We can have a little bit of, and a little office studio, which will be great. And then once we'll I do. convert the garage into a finished room, that will then be where we really bone down. And, oh uh, man, nice. space, I'm so, so excited. Bone down. That, man. I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited, man. That's I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest. Like I'm glad that we can still record these, but uh, yeah. it's it's nothing compared to uh, being in person with you fellas. And I, I miss you deeply. I, I can't wait to, I know. to do that group hug around the mm -hmm. around the table and record an episode in person. Before we end today's episode, I just want to say a bunch of people have sent us this um, TikTok video. It's from a couple of weeks ago now. Um, my sister Bridget sent it to me, several people through other, um, through almost every social media thing we've had have sent it to us. So um, we're going to play that song at the end. It's somebody playing the uh, the Office theme song in 10 different genres. Um, Bro, this so, is great. Yeah. Yeah. So go. Uh, it's really easy to look up. I think his name is uh, William St. Goldsmith on TikTok, but you could... The, the office theme 10 genres you can find the video online um uh but anyways uh thank you to all of our listeners for sending us these questions we love doing these mailbag episodes and you guys are the ones who make it possible please send us your questions and your comments call us we uh, have a phone number you can leave us a voicemail and we play them on the show 503-694-9314 Email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We're on Twitter, at Michael Scott Pod. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and designs our artwork. And this episode was recorded over Zoom video chat, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Safe and social distance. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, everyone, for interacting with us, for rocking with us. Uh, we appreciate and love every one of you. Stay healthy, stay safe. Take care. Pippity poppy, give me this up. Yes, sir. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.